Before we knew it, we were surrounded by yellow and white orbs. They were everywhere, all around us. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Before I start this episode, I want to give a shout out to a few supporters. A big thanks to Martin Braun, Stacy Sheba, and Magic Mike Aster for your donations. Podcasts cost money, and you guys are always helping me keep this one on the air, so thank you. If you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast, just visit my website at myparanormalstory.com and click on the donate button. Or if you want, you can buy me a coffee as your way of saying thanks. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal. Also, this week, I want to thank Ken DaCosta and George Lopez for supporting my podcast and having me on as a guest on their YouTube show called Dead Air. They always have the most interesting guests from the paranormal field, and you get to watch their interviews live on YouTube every Sunday night. Uh, Check out the latest episode that they had me on because it was a lot of fun. Okay, I think that covers it. Now, here's this week's episode. Recently, I had the pleasure of going on my first paranormal investigation in like, geez, four or five years now. It was something I used to do practically every weekend at one time. But life got in the way. I became so busy with work and other things that I just didn't have time for paranormal investigation anymore. I've been lucky enough to be able to stay involved in one way or another, though, by maintaining the friendships I made along the way and by consulting people from time to time, either in person or on the internet. But recently, a haunted business reached out to me about doing an investigation. And of course, I passed the case along to my good friends in Rise Up Paranormal, and I got to join them on the investigation. It felt so good to be back in my element, researching, experimenting, and reviewing evidence. And I realized that I miss it. So even though my life is still busy, I'm hoping that going forward, I'll be able to find time to go on a few more investigations. However, this episode of the podcast isn't about that investigation. Perhaps I'll share that story with you another time. As I was in my basement, literally blowing the dust and mold off my investigating equipment, I came across my old case files. And as I was flipping through them, I found a few interesting ones. One thing we always took seriously when it came to being a paranormal team was cases that involved families and homes, especially those with children. They always took priority. For privacy reasons, let's call this family the Parkers. The Parkers were a small family, a mother, a father, a young daughter, and a large Great Dane. They lived in a modest home near a wooded section of Exeter, Rhode Island. 
It was the mother, Mary, who reached out to us. She told us her daughter, Lily, would sometimes be heard talking to someone in her bedroom at night. She claimed it was a little boy. And they would talk and play games and laugh together. But on some nights, when the little boy wasn't there, a large man would sometimes appear instead. And he would frighten her to the point that she was afraid to sleep in her room. And, well, that was more than enough to convince us to pack up our cars and head down to that home. But there was so much more. We arrived just after dinner time. The family had just finished cleaning up as they invited us in. Everyone in the family was super nice and pleasant. Even the Great Dane, Scooby, who was more like a small horse than a dog. And he was just as excited to see us as he was knocking stuff over while running around the house like a goof. Something I imagine happened a lot. You know, big dog, small house. But once Scooby was settled down, we were able to sit and chat with the family for a while as the rest of the group started unloading the equipment. We spoke with the daughter first, Lily. She was nine years old, an only child, and looked just like a, a mini version of her mom. And Lily was more than eager to tell us all about the little boy that she sees in her bedroom. His name is William, she said. He's been around for a long time. Now, I wasn't sure if she meant he'd been visiting her for a long time or if he's just been existing for a long time. Lily explained that William was shy at first. I would wake up and see him hiding in the corner, she said. Usually, I would hide under my blanket, but one night I said hello to him and he waved and disappeared. A few nights later, he came back, and that's when he told me his name. He's not a real boy, though. He's a spirit. Do you talk to him a lot? I asked her. No, she said. They're just friends, and he comes by every few days or so, but she never knows when he'll be there. I like to tell him about my day or tell him some jokes, she said because he always looks sad, so I try to cheer him up. When I asked Lily about the large man that she sometimes sees, she suddenly got real quiet and leaned into her mother. She doesn't like talking about him, Mary said. So she asked Lily to go into the living room with her father so she could tell us what she thinks is happening. We could tell right away that Mary was quite interested in spiritual things. She had crystals on bookshelves and windowsills, and there were dream catchers hanging from ceilings and walls, and of course, a stack of horror movies next to the TV. All things that usually catch our eye when we're entering a home. Mary explained to us that she believes William is the spirit of a little boy who died in a nearby train crash many years ago. 
We later did some research and we did find some information about a train accident not too far from their home back in the 1920s. An engine on a freight train passing by exploded, killing several engineers on board and causing damage to the other train tracks around it. And moments later, a passenger train was coming through and it was derailed and crashed from the damage on the tracks. But we couldn't verify any information about a little boy dying, though. As for the large figure in the room, Mary said Lily calls him the big guy. And she's not sure who he is. She just knows that he's angry. Maybe he was one of the engineers who perished on the freight train. When we asked Mary how she knew about all of this, she told us she got it from communicating through a Ouija board. And that's always a red flag for me. Say what you want about Ouija boards. Most of the time, they're harmless. But I can tell you from experience that if you use one long enough, you might be inviting all sorts of spirits into your home. As Mary was finishing up telling us about her Ouija board session, Lily came running back into the dining room, yelling, I want to tell him about the big guy. I want to be brave and tell them. And she did. She told us all about him. He's big and dark, like a shadow, Lily said. When I first saw him, he started walking towards my bed, and I hid under the covers, hoping he'd go away. But I could feel him getting closer and closer. So I screamed. And when my dad came running in, the big guy was gone. He makes my room stink like a chimney when he's in there. So now whenever I smell that smell, I sleep with mommy and daddy. We thanked Lily for being brave and promised her we'd make the big guy go away before we left. We weren't sure how we were going to do that, but we'd figure that out later. Mary took us on a small tour of the house. First, she showed us Lily's bedroom. It was small, with a couple of windows, a closet, a bureau, a small bed and more dream catchers. Then she led us down into the basement, where she told us about a dark shadow that she sees down there. It's not the big guy, it's someone different, Mary explained. I usually see him out of the corner of my eye when I'm downstairs doing laundry or cleaning. But it wasn't until Nick, the father, saw it one night that he finally agreed to let Mary reach out to us. Nick was friendly, but had been mostly quiet all night. He let his wife do most of the talking. He told us he was a skeptic for the most part, and at least until he saw the shadow in the basement too. I was downstairs working on one of my models, he said, when suddenly out of the corner of my eye, I saw a person standing across the room. I turned, thinking it was Mary, 
and all I could see was a tall black figure, way too tall to be my wife. I jumped out of my chair, knocking everything over, and when I looked up, the shadow had disappeared. The family's basement was small and cluttered with a lot of stuff. It had a low ceiling and some old, dim light fixtures. There was a couch in the middle of the room and a small TV against the wall. On the far side of the room, there was a workbench, surrounded by shelves and cabinets, all full of model cars and planes, plus paints and glue. You could literally smell the fumes. Other than that, though, it was a pretty typical basement with a washer and dryer, a hot water heater, an oil tank, you know, the usual. And lots of places for shadows to hide. The couch was old and worn out, and I joked to Mary, Oh, that must be where the dog sleeps. Oh no, she said. He's afraid to come down here. And sure enough, I looked up, and there was Scooby, the horse dog, at the top of the stairs, staring down at us. As we headed back up into the dining room, Lily said, Mommy, tell them about the pixies. Oh yeah, she said. As we started setting up equipment, she began to tell us about the pixies that come out of the woods at night. She described them as little glowing sparkles that float around the house, and sometimes they even come inside. You can see them if it's dark enough. Pixies, I thought to myself. And I don't know if she could see it on our faces, but as she told us about the pixies, she looked a little embarrassed, like we'd think maybe she was crazy. But that's not how we work. I mean, we're open-minded, but this was a new one. We tried conducting EVP sessions in all the rooms. Now, EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. It's when we ask questions to the spirits and hope that they'll answer us by imprinting a voice or some words onto one of our recorders. But unfortunately, we didn't have much luck. At one point during the night though, I was taking a break and sitting in the living room when David, one of the other investigators, came over and said, What? I just looked at him. I didn't say anything. You didn't just call my name, he asked me? And I chuckled, No, it wasn't me. And he was like, No, seriously, I just heard you call my name. It was your voice, and it came from the living room. But I swear, I didn't call his name. And when we reviewed the audio later, none of us heard me or anyone calling his name. Later on during the investigation, I decided to head outside with Ken, the founder of Rise Up Paranormal, to walk around the house and the yard and just see if uh, any pixies might want to come out and join us. We walked around in the front yard, chatting about baseball and whatever, and then continued around to the side of the house. 
Suddenly, I could feel the hairs on my arms standing up. I stopped and looked at Ken. Do you feel that too? We continued walking towards the back of the house, and suddenly the K2 meter I was carrying started acting strange. The K2 meters measure electromagnetic field levels, and this device was suddenly clicking and lighting up as the levels were quickly going higher and higher. Before we knew it, as we were trying to figure out what was happening, we all of a sudden noticed small glowing orbs floating all around us. We were surrounded by them. They were too big to be fireflies, but too small to make out. Just little white and yellow pixies fluttering through the air in all directions. We just kept looking around us, amazed at what we were seeing. It was beautiful. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, a burst of air went rushing over us. It shook the ground and all the trees in front of us. As this rush of air whooshed by, we quickly realized it was a train. A commuter train flying down the tracks, located in the woods right behind their house. And as the wind settled and the train zipped off into the distance, the pixies faded away. Back inside the house, we decided to start wrapping up the investigation. It was late, and we could tell the family was getting tired, especially Lily. But we wanted to try and help her get rid of the big guy before we left. So we explained to Lily and her mom, as we do to most of our clients, that you need to take charge of your space. If a spirit or a ghost is disturbing you in your home or in your bedroom, most times it will go away if you just kindly but sternly ask it to leave. So we took Lily into her bedroom and she clung to her mother's waist as we all walked in. He's here, she said. I can smell him. And sure enough, I could smell it too. It was like a sooty, charcoal-like smell in the room. And it, that smell wasn't there earlier. Lily looked frightened and wanted to leave the room. So we knew we had to do something. We asked Mary if she had a candle we could use. We placed it in the middle of the bedroom floor, lit it, and turned off all the lights. With Mary's help, we convinced Lily to sit with us on the floor next to the candle. We told her that if she tells the big guy to leave, he'll be gone once she blows out the candle. So Lily mustered up some strength and decided to be brave one more time. Please, mister, she said politely but sternly. Don't come into my room anymore. This is my room, not yours. 
and she leaned in to blow out the candle, but suddenly stopped. She sat up and looked at us all as we sat there in silence waiting. Will this make William leave too? She whispered sadly. We didn't want to lie to her, so we told her, yes, this will probably make him leave too. She paused and thought about it for a few seconds, and then leaned in and blew out the candle. Goodbye, William, she said. Please go be with your family. I bet they miss you. My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Music from this episode courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com. Please visit my friends from Rise Up Paranormal at RiseUpParanormal.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at BuyMeACoffee.com slash MyParanormal or click on the donate button on my website at MyParanormalStory.com. This podcast is also available now on YouTube. Check it out and subscribe at YouTube.com slash MyParanormalStory. And please don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when I've added new episodes. Feel free to follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Tom Stewart or My Paranormal Story. And if you have a podcast and you'd like to have me as a guest, or if you'd just like to ask me a question or tell me about your paranormal story, you can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is My Paranormal Story.